Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're working our way through the seventh chapter of the book of Mark. As we open with verse 14, Jesus has just humiliated the Pharisees, the hypocritical religious leaders of the day, who had again tried to discredit Jesus in front of the people. And as always, their attempt backfired. And now he turned to the crowd and to his disciples to teach them another profound lesson. The question on the table, where does evil come from? What is it that defiles a man and makes him commit evil and guilty of evil? Jesus rejects the idea that it's something outside of ourselves, something we may find in our circumstances, maybe something that someone else does that is responsible for our sinful responses. Well, where does it come from? All you will ever need to commit every evil from the smallest to the greatest is always right there, not at your fingertips, but in your heart. Why do you, no matter who you are, need Jesus as your Savior? The answer is right here. Here is today's slice of the message entitled, Heart Disease. Scripture itself is quite clear. Famous passage, 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17 All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. There is not one single good work you could ever do for the glory of God that the Scriptures will not equip you to be ready to do that good thing. The scribes and the Pharisees flagrantly rejected that concept. They had things more weighty, more necessary. Or there's the famous saying in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of, our, of Jesus our Lord, seeing that His divine nature has granted to us, perfect tense, everything pertaining to life and godliness, through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. Through knowing Jesus Christ, which comes only through the Scriptures, you have everything you need for life and godliness. Or consider this passage from the pen of King David in the Old Testament Scriptures that they said they could overrule. Psalm 19 starting at verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true, They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, 
in keeping them, there is great reward. What will Scripture do for you? Restore your soul, make you wise, rejoice your heart, enlighten your eyes, uh, cause you to have life that is enduring forever, cause you to know truth and righteousness, to have something more desirable than gold, sweeter than honey. It'll warn you and it will bring you great reward. And so what does King David say in response to that? Who can discern his errors? Acquit me of hidden faults. Also, keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, and I shall be acquitted of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. How would you do that? By speaking what God says from His Word, which does all of those things. Then there's Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2. Every word of God is tested. He is a shield to those who take refuge in Him. Do not add to His words, or He will reprove you, and you will be proved a liar. It was in total disregard of that that the scribes and the Pharisees came up with all these ways of overruling and obfuscating the Word of God by adding to it. They were obsessed with keeping rules and regulations about their external behavior, what you could taste, what you could touch, where you could go, what you could do, what you, what you couldn't do, and they totally missed the point of what their true spiritual condition actually was. That brings us to our text for today, Mark chapter 7, verses 14 and 15. After he called the crowd to him again, he began saying to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand, there is nothing outside the man which can defile him if it goes into him. But the things which proceed out of the man are what defile him. You see, the issue of your spiritual life is determined by what you do with the Bible what you do with the Word of God. It's what you believe to the point that you act on it. It's it's whether you repent of your sin or not. It's whether you choose to obey God or not. It's whether or not you discipline yourself to fill your mind with the Word of God so that your character is changed step by step from glory to glory by the gracious working of the Holy Spirit within you. Now, when you live like that, committed totally to the Word of God and solely to the Word of God, you make the choice about whom you will offend. Remember I mentioned that last time? Not everyone will appreciate you for being unabashedly committed to obeying the Word of God. Most of all, people who are looking for the loopholes, people who are exalting themselves as the spiritual rulers over the Word of God, they're going to be as offended with you as the Pharisees were with Jesus. My friend, legalism never works for one simple reason. It doesn't deal with the real problem. Sin does not come from outside of you. It comes from 
inside of you because you are cursed with a sinful bent because you are a descendant of your earthly father, Adam. He got in this mess for us. You read in James chapter 1, verses 14 through 16, but each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed, look at these next words, by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Don't be deceived into thinking that there's anyone or anything responsible for your sin other than you. God didn't make you do it. That's what James says right before that passage. That that woman that God gave you or that man that God gave you didn't make you do it. The devil didn't make you do it. Now, there are a lot of things in the world that you may find tempting. And different people have different soft spots for different temptations. Uh, that's That's all true. But in every situation of every sin, it's your responsibility for choosing to let your own evil desire have its way. Notice he talked about when when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. Conception and birth is is the metaphor for that. The conception is when the union of your desire comes together with the temptation. That's the conception, and you let that run its course, and it gives birth to sin. Paul said in Romans chapter 7, it's sin which dwells in me that causes my problems. He says it's evil is present in me, the one who wishes to do good. But in the works righteousness system of the scribes and the Pharisees, they constantly taught that evil is out there. Oh, there's evil out there, all right. But that's not what gets you involved in it. So they said that in order to be spiritual and holy, you need to put up barriers to keep you from coming in contact with evil which wants to invade you. That's how they made themselves to be susceptible to believing things as absurd as that ritual-based hand-washing to keep an evil spirit that sits on your hands at night from hitching a ride on your bagel in order to get inside you. That's how utterly ridiculous their system was. And they believed it. And they were willing to murder the Son of God to defend it. That's how sinister legalism is. Now, before we move on to verse 17, let's make a comment about verse 16. You'll read in your Bible, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, you'll notice that in our translation, that verse is in brackets. Uh, The better translations either put it in brackets or they omit it from the text and include it in a marginal note or a footnote because 
that verse does not appear in the earliest and the most reliable manuscripts. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.